Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. First and foremost, this podcast is brought to you by the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance partners and sponsors. <clears throat> Our sponsors are Hyperice, Jane, Drop Release, T-Tool, China Gel, The Smart Chiropractor, and Gestalt. All these sponsors have some sort of deal or opportunity for you if you'd like to utilize their opportunity available within the FTCA. If you don't know what the deal is, like if you want to know something about China Gel's membership offer to Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance members, then message us at contact at forwardthinkingchiro.com and we'll let you know what the deal is for each one of these. Uh, we have a partner, our, our partner is World Spine Care, and I'll say coming up soon is a exclusive uh, virtual summit with World Spine Care. That one's going to be fantastic and it's going to be to fully benefit World Spine Care and their mission. Uh, other than these... <clears throat> We have a little bit more housekeeping, and the housekeeping is relevant to our presenter today because we also want to talk about one of our other sponsors, and that's the Chiropractic Success Academy, and the Chiropractic Success Academy is having, I'm almost getting good at this Zoom stuff. There we go. Well, we've only been doing Zoom for a year and a half, two years, so I'm finally getting the hang of it. Uh, money Matters Virtual Summit. It's a virtual summit that is about money because money is important, especially if you do a good job, you should deserve to get paid. You should deserve to uh, scale your practice up bigger and bigger to provide even better services to more and more people. Check out the Money Matters Virtual Summit. It's November 20th through 21st. Uh, the website here is csamoneymatters.app.virtualsummits.com. And we have a lot of great presentations about business, practice-based business, including uh, presentations from do do Dr. Holly Tucker, Dr. Kevin Christie. And oh my goodness, who is here that's going to be talking about the business of rehab? It's Dr. Justin Rabinowitz. Did I say your name right? Perfect. You got it right the first time. I love it. Thank you. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, no pressure to tell... to. Um, what would you call it to educate the masses about what you're going to be doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm in the virtual I'm super, summit. I mean, I'm excited for it. I think I told you right before we're getting on, this has kind of been the premise for me since second try of chiropractic school. So to be able to have a chance to potentially show other people what's possible and, and what you can do, and we'll get into it later about sort of my story, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I think there's so much out there that people like us don't even know they can do. How did you get started? Take me, take me to your origin story. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like a lot of people I had, you know, the injury, mine, it's interesting because I see it now and they, in the NFL, they get back a lot quicker, but the, the transverse process fracture L4, L5, I think Tony Romo had it actually, I uh, did that in high school. And so that started my journey down uh, this whole back pain saga. And I remember actually breaking my, I was bro broke my back. They put me in a back brace. I was in a back brace for five or six weeks. And then they're like, all right, take the brace off, go and play football. 
And I was 17. And at the time I was like, you know, I don't know what's right or wrong, but I know this isn't good. Like they didn't do any, any rehab with me. No, nothing. It was just go and play. Um, fast forward a few years later, I ended up playing baseball in college, but in call in chiropractic school, going up for a layup, playing basketball came down. What I would learn later is ridiculous symptoms, zero out of five in my big toe ended up having a discectomy after doing conservative care in chiropractic school. And it was interesting. I remember I was in school learning about, you know, the stuff we do today. Um, and I asked my surgeon after surgery, Hey, do I, should I go to physical therapy, chiropractic rehab after? And he literally said, no, just walk. And, and so kind of these two situations for me just, you know, reinforced what I think I knew before, but didn't know how to go about it, that there's this missing component in medicine in general. So, you know, I was sort of patient zero figuring out the rehab side of it. Um, and that, that got me like through school and out of school. And, and I thought that, which I, which I now know is true, sort of, you know, a lot of us are athletic and, and we have that background, but being able to combine the sports and the, the rehab, and then also with the business side, that was the reason I got into the profession in the first place. Cause I always saw when I would go to chiropractor as a kid, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is like a doctor, but it doesn't like smell like a doctor. It doesn't, it's a happy place. People are there. It's like a nice environment. And, and that's that it is a lot of what it is. There is that combination of the two and all of those things together have sort of taken us here. And now, um, you know, now, now we go into what I now know is, is the rehab chiropractor really. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because a lot of people who get into this profession don't, they don't sort of think of them. I, I think it's lost. The entrepreneur part is lost. Like when I first started chiropractic school or, or thought about becoming a chiropractor, everyone was straight up. I mean, there was even a, a U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics description of chiropractic that said, when you go into chiropractic, you are an entrepreneur. You are in business for yourself. You have your own practice. You have to understand business techniques, business rules, and business management. And I don't think that's changed much since I've been in, a, in the chiropractic profession and the profession has pro, uh, progressed. I don't think that, that any of that has changed much, but the attitude has changed a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you I still have to be a business person you still have to do all the business management things that you had to do 15 years ago. The, the problem is people don't think they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think one of our professors, Dr. Loya, who great professor in chiropractic school, you know, he was said, listen, I got into practice in the late days, early nineties. He's like, I literally hung a shingle up. I got my practice going, the insurance patients came in. I got a hundred dollars, no matter what I did with the patient and, and they left. And so like, it wasn't very difficult during that time. Um, I actually just purchased a practice for our business and the guy's been in business practice 40 years. And he laughed at me the one day, he goes, do you know what they used to call chiropractic in the eighties? And I said, yeah, the Mercedes eighties. And he goes, do you want to know what I used to drive? I said, a Mercedes. He said, absolutely. You know? And so I, I, I then got in conversation with him and and he said, yeah, like I've always done better as practice gone on, but it certainly got harder. Um, it got harder to do well. You know, in addition to that, I think that sort of where we've taken this now is even when I was going to the chiropractor, uh, it was a lot different. I mean, this guy, great guy, I loved him. He was had literally six or seven rooms running at once, didn't take appointments. And he, he did great. Like he did fantastic. But 
you know, once I got into school, I realized like, I just don't think that I want to do it this way. Um, you know, I remember in school going to that when I realized I sort of wanted to run a good business and also practice a certain way, I went to the library and checked out uh, some business DVDs. They ended up being the master circle. And so yeah. we all know, you know, uh, and, and so I'm listening. I'm like, all right, there's something here, but it certainly isn't what I want to be. Able to do. <laughs> I don't know what you um, all are mastering, but I don't want to master any of this. And, and I think that that was sort of the gap that I was trying to figure out in my head. I'm like, all right, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be a poor chiropractor that, you know, is a martyr for the profession. Um, but I also don't want to give up on the type of practice that I think I want to run. And that's sort of been the, you know, again, the journey since back to 2009, 2010, when I was in school of where we are now in 2021. And, you know, I've been fortunate at this point to create a couple businesses with partners and we can talk about sort of the, the structure in that because it's, it's been an interesting journey. And then also with some of my clients consulting wise who all, you know, came to me with the same problem. They all sort of got going and then got stuck. And, uh, you know, we can try to get them out of it with different skills. Where do you think they're getting stuck? Where, what's the sticking point for like a younger chiropractor these days, especially when it's rehab minded? Yeah. So I can, it was interesting. So I just started the consulting, um, in basically over the summer and I have like eight or nine clients. It's, it's, it's small. My first three clients, what I do is a strategy day with them where I sit down for a full day, go through all their numbers. I go through everything with them. From a revenue standpoint, I can tell you straight up, all of them were in business two to three years and they all got stuck between nine and $12,000 of revenue a month being a solo practitioner. And essentially what happened was they were almost booked or close enough to being booked where they couldn't grow anymore. They weren't charging what they needed to charge. And so scheduled no more time and couldn't figure out how to make any more money. And at that point, it's kind of over and you just sort of play that game. And, you know, as my mentor said once, and it was smacked me right between the eyes, he said, you know, most people aren't in business for 20 years. They're in business one year, 20 times in a row. That's right. And that's exactly where these people, and, and, and again, I feel fortunate to be able to sort of help them because that's what they were on the path to, you know, 32, 33, 34 years old, two years in their own practice. They worked hard. They got it going fast. And it sort of would have been this mediocre journey for the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years with no idea how to get, to get out of it. Let me, let me ask you this. I had to think about how I wanted to phrase this. So there's a little delay here. How much, how much of the, their short-sighted vision was due to lack of preparing to scale appropriately? Um, when, when you look at this virtual summit that we're doing, yeah. the number one, when the, when the FTCA group voted on which topic they'd want to hear the most, the number one topic was you, was the business of rehab, yeah. uh, which obviously we know already too, because we... Uh, you know, we have our fundamentals for implementing rehab excellence course for the FTCA. And it's not about doing exercises. It's about setting up your practice around the exercises yeah. you do. So we understand that business is important. So that was number one. Number two was scaling. So obviously people know they need to scale. They understand yeah. the term scaling, but it seems like the big miss here is that most people actually don't prepare to scale. Like they don't understand there's a, there's a thought process that goes into it before you actually do it. Yeah. And then, no, it's a great question. And I guess for me, the best thing is sort of to describe the journey and the choice that I made. So, um, you know, I had a 
very low overhead, meaning I shared an office and rented out of a gym for the first four years of my practice on purpose, because what I sort of looked at when I looked at the business was that I could either grow in terms of like the normal thing, which is grow the space, get a bigger space, do all that stuff, hang it up. You know, my parents will be proud type of thing, or I could invest in people. And so before I ever had my own space, I had a full-time basically sales admin. I had another full-time chiropractor and I had a full-time, full-time marketing manager. You know, and if you look at any company in the country, Amazon, whatever, there's, there's an org chart, right? You have, yeah. you know, the CEO of the company, you have, you know, you have a marketing team, you have a sales team, you have a finance team. I also had an outsourced CFO. So putting all these pieces in place where most people would look at me and look at myself three, four five years ago, be like, you're nuts. Like, what are you doing? Like, I can't tell you how many people, but you have someone that works for you that does marketing. And then the next question is, and they're full-time. It's like, mm-hmm. Yes, you know, they are. And so for me in preparation to scale, it was looking at what, you know, normal bigger businesses do and saying like, we've got to put these pieces in place because at some point, you know, without preparing to scale with those requisite pieces, you know, the marketing, doing digital and putting all these pieces in place and having a sales process and having the ability to potentially step out of treatment a little bit where scaling with an associate um, and letting them, you know, sort of run the practice. Those were all the steps that I thought were the most important because um, I was talking to someone earlier today and they were saying most of the marketing and chiropractic groups they were looking at, they all wanted the guy to be the star. And it was yep. nothing about the scale. And, yep. and it just is, again, if you want to grow a scalable business at some point, like, you know, Jeff Bezos isn't, isn't bringing you your packages. Like it's not. That's happening. Right. And so, you know, like I always say, I, I tell my clients, I look at like the extremes, like in Amazon, not because we're ever going to be Amazon, but because I think there's lessons to learn at the extreme level. You know, so how do we take that down and say, all right, Jeff Bezos isn't delivering the packages. We're not going to be Amazon, but there's some stuff there, sales, marketing, um, you know, different processes and people involved that any business, that proper business that wants to run, you know, should have that within their within their ability. And that's what we, we try to talk about. Well, it's a trap people don't know they're walking into until they've already walked into it and then they realize they're in trouble. You know, we, I'm famous for, for always saying, don't name your practice after yourself. Like, don't. Mm-hmm don't do that. And then people sort of laugh and they giggle and they name their practice after themselves. And then four years later, they're like, please help. (laughs) I can't, I don't have any vacation time. I can't leave the office or I I hired an associate, but no one wants to see the associate. They all want to see me. It's like, yeah, well, you know, Jones, your name Jones is on the door and they want to see Jones. And if the associate's name isn't Jones, they're going to be like, where's Jones? I want to see Jones. And so you've already taken the, some of the value out of, the service that your your company provides uh, by making it your by by naming the shingle after yourself. I mean that, that's one example of things that people don't sort of see. I have a we have a member in the Chiropractic Success Academy, uh, Dr. Andy Van Hoke, and he I, I think no, he's not on a podcast, but I've interviewed him a couple times recently. You know, he's been thinking about scaling just like you from the moment he got started. Uh, typically, as you probably know with your clients, you know, they're at 85, 90% capacity and they haven't even considered scaling. And it's like at least at 80%, you want to consider what you're going to do next before it's too full. Uh, but a lot of the people we run into, it's, it's please save me. I'm already in trouble. What am I going to do now? Right. Um, you know, 
it's hard to tell people that, especially when they start on their own and you started on your own and I started on my own and most people started on our own. It's hard for them to change that mindset from, I need to do all these things myself and I am the business to switch their mindset and say, okay, I'm a corporation. How do I manage this uh, with an organizational structure and a strategy? Uh, you know, again, you couldn't, couldn't say it better. And, I, and it, you, the thought that popped into my head as you were talking about it is, you know, you have, we all get started and just like we, our only mindset can be like, get the first patient in the door, then get the second, sure. get the third. And a lot of times it's one of those things that like, if I get to this point, then I'll think about the next step and it never happens. And we sort of yeah. live in that world. We live in that world forever. And it's, it can be just a literally like a never ending cycle. And, and, you know, one of the points that I make in, in the presentation um, when I talk about the business of rehab is you really have to start at the, the beginning. You have to start at the end. And one of the things you talked about with me when I was doing it was making sure talk more to the, like, a, there's going to be mostly cash-based businesses, but there's going to be some insurance. But one of the cycles that happens is um, because people don't charge enough, they can't ever think about hiring because their schedules never their schedule gets busy, but it needs to be fully booked in order to have enough margin in the business to bring someone else on. When I brought on my associate initially, I wasn't fully booked, but because my prices were in the right place, I had the ability to hire. And you know what other people don't recognize too is, again, looking at a bigger business, to do a proper hiring process, it requires time. You've got to write good ads. You've got to yeah. do proper interviews. Whereas, you know, the thing you're talking about, Bobby, where most people get to is like, they're so far gone. They're 40, 50 hours in the clinic that like the first warm body with a chiropractic license, they, they hire. Yep. And, you know, with my clients, this is Dan Kennedy 101 and like any business, like especially the cash-based businesses, the first thing that I go in and work on, again, this is no secret, is like we work on figuring out how to sell, quote unquote, at a higher price. Not yeah. because we want you to take more money and buy a mansion. It's to give you some room, give you some margin so that we potentially buy our time back to go and do the things we have to do to take the next step in business. Yeah, well, a lot of people are way off in their pricing and then you know in a, in a it's not very well defined in the rehab you know anyone who, who provides active care is also kind of shooting themselves in the foot because their price their mind is priced out at adjustment only type prices right. if that makes sense and it's sort of like if you're going to compete in the cash marketplace you're already in trouble because the people who just do all cash, they're very simple in their delivery method. It's yes. sort of like adjust in a little bit of service and then that's your cash price or whatever, uh, you know, like you can take um, CBP as an example. You know, I'm just giving this thing for this price. But when it comes to active care, it's much more convoluted, right? We can go with hands-on manual therapy. We can go with the soft tissue work. We can go with the active care. And in all honesty, those are three different things that require three different pricing structures or three different pricing layers. And then a whole bunch of different choices that a, that a, a, a potential patient can make in there about what they right. want to buy and what they won't. And everyone's so damn afraid that they're not going to buy anything from those layers or they don't even structure the layers appropriate. They're just like, uh, uh, you know, $50 for all of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so the pricing structure is way off. And then the docs already think 
you know, that we can use 50 as an arbitrary number. Everyone's number is a little different, but like $50 a visit. And they think in their minds they, that they're getting $50 for the visit. So there's a lot of business short site where they're not calculating in the overhead and the insurance and the rent and the, the space they're renting and all those other things into it where you're probably walking out in that scenario with $15, $17 a visit that goes into your pocket. You missed, you missed the credit card fee. I opened up one of the statements today and $800 to the credit card company yes. for a month. I'm yeah. Like, well, oh you start God. doing some work, you're going to be paying some credit card fees because oh, everyone wants to swipe, gosh. you know? <laughs> everyone wants a piece. That's for sure. Yeah. No, it's um, in, you know, when I started, I was like 30 minute sessions at like 60, 60 bucks a session. And we've gone, you know, significantly, you know, higher than that. One of the lessons that I teach in the business rehab is you want to deliver pay. People should pay a price at the service you want to deliver. Right. So if you yeah. go to stay at a Hampton Inn, it's one price, fine. It's a good service, but like, it's different than the Ritz. Right. And if they charge the same price, you can bet it's not going to be the same level of service. And so if, if there's a mismatch there, because no other reason than like your old boss used to charge that. So that's what you think you should charge. Um, that's not a good way to go about it. And, and again, we just end up frustrating. And you know what? I think what's worse than being frustrated, and I wonder if any of the docs out there, you end up actually resenting your patients. Is there anything worse than resenting your patients because you don't feel like you're being valued at the level that you should? That's not their fault. That's your fault. Right. This happens in personal training all the time too. So Jim, if anyone's been a personal trainer in the past, and they've done one-on-ones, they totally understand this too. Like over a period of time, there isn't a, there isn't an appropriate amount of money for you not to get burnt out on, on clients or patients. Right. So do you have any quick advice for right pricing your services? I mean, the, I, you really have to start by working backwards. I literally just did this with my with my new consulting business where I started to look. And actually what I sort of ran into was something that a lot of p- patients or practices run into. I was looking at my model and saying, okay, if I offer consulting to clients and it's one-on-one for this amount of time, how many clients reasonably could I accept and what m- amount would that want to make per month, per year? When I looked at the numbers, it was like, all right, I'm not sure if this is going to be feasible. You know, so rather than just sort of getting started and saying like, all right, let's just figure it out. Let's get people through the door. It's like, all right, let's take a step back and say, what would be ideal for a a good scalable business? How much would I like to earn per month, per year? And then when I started at the back, then I had to work backwards. Now it doesn't matter to me. I have a couple, one client that's in network. I have a couple, one client that does 30 minute appointments. I have somebody that does an hour. Um, I have a business partner. I have a separate business that's chiropractic and acupuncture has a different service. It's it, the, what it is, is irrelevant. Like right. if you're going to see two patients an hour, four patients an hour, one patient an hour, like we do. All right. If we see one patient an hour, 30 hours a week times X amount of weeks per year, we're going to make this much after taxes, after everything. Is that an income that's reasonable that you want to bring in? And everyone would think, oh yeah, that's easy. But then I guarantee, you know, you and I, how many, how many people have actually did that when they decided on their pricing structure? Almost nobody. Almost nobody. I, I just keep it real simple. I just say, uh, how much are you worth an hour? How much are right. you, how much do you think you're worth an hour? And how much would you give yourself a raise and then reverse engineer that with what you do? So with how much you think you're an hour, Plus what you want to do in an hour, whether it's three patients or 30 patients in an hour, whatever. All right. Now you've got some sort of pricing structure to go towards. Yeah. And, and what I'll, 
what I'll also say, I, I don't, who's teaching the scaling, the scaling part of the, uh, I forget his name, but he's a, he's a CPO. Okay. So. Uh, you know, like, because one of the things with scaling that was taught to me is like the goal in any sort of scale is to your point, Bobby, that every hour as you scale should be worth more. Right. Right. And so like, if you become, you know, a CEO quote unquote, or scaling a company and you have potentially three or four docs working there, your hour now either maybe training them or doing a marketing campaign or going to speak somewhere, potentially like we've done seminars, Bobby, where like my uh, Ashton today, who's sort of managing the clinic, he goes, dude, we've done four seminars and each one's been worth on average $10,000 based on the net return. That's a hell of an hour. Yeah, right. That's a hell of an hour. And that's scaling, right? Like how much of an hour is Bezos's time worth? How much of it is a Richard Branson? It's not worth 250 an hour. It's not worth 300 no. an hour, you know, but like some of the, I know some of the people you've interviewed that have multiple practices, like um, their hour that if they spend an hour walk, talking to their team, that's worth a heck of a lot more than what they're ever going to get paid in the clinic. Not to say it's right or wrong. It's just, that's the goal and scale is to be able to take that hour and say, could it be worth $2,000 an hour? Could it be worth $5,000 an hour to spend that hour? And see, so the, 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 the mindset there for most practitioners who are field docs is like, well, I, I think it's subconsciously, I don't deserve to get paid $5,000 an hour. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And instead of how can I engineer a system that would allow me to earn yes. $5,000 an hour. So, so they hear, they hear stories about doctors, you know, it always happens online. So there'll be some, some dipshit Cairo, you know, doing the pissing contest. And he's like, I saw 5,000 people today. And then some evidence-based chiropractor will lose his mind. Like, how can you see 5,000 people? That's, that's not quality care. And be like, well, yeah, he's got a thousand clinics and he saw five people in each one. You know, all of his yeah. associates count. It's scaling yeah. and his or her mindset and his or her planning and foresight and business skill allowed for there to be a thousand clinics that could see five people a day. Yeah. So he, he, or she gets to take credit for that. Right. But if it yeah. sounds kind of goofy for someone to, to take credit for that because they didn't actually physically adjust all of yeah. those patients, they did yeah. it. Yeah. Like Jeff Bezos didn't deliver all the packages that went out today for Amazon, but he delivered all the packages that went out today for Amazon. Cause if there yeah. was no Jeff Bezos, there none of those packages would have gone out. So the, yeah. uh, the scaling talk for csamoneymatters.app.virtualsummits.com, the CSA Money Matters Summit. It's uh, Greg Crabtree, and I misspoke as a CPA. Got it. Very cool. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so simple you, numbers 2.0, rules for smart scaling. That's awesome. No, I think that's super valuable. I can't wait to tune in for that. Something you said there, um, you know, really resonated with me. You talk about the mindset potentially not being worth that much. Uh, so one of the things I've done in the last year, I opened two businesses that I essentially invested in where I don't work in the practice. You wouldn't know it existed, but I invested in it. They use our systems and process. And one of my partners, Dr. Allison Heffron is a chiropractor and acupuncturist. So we've been really successful. And 
about six months in, we had one of our all hands team meetings and, you know, we're making money, we're doing whatever. And I don't know what the exercise was, but she brought up, it was the nicest thing anyone ever said about me. She said, you know, we've done well, I'm paying my bills. It's like, um, I have a practice that I always dreamed about having, but the thing that Justin's done for me that um, I never thought like about before was that he's taught me to be nicer to myself and you go into the mindset right? Marcus Lemonis 101, the guy in NMSNBC, the, the entrepreneur, he always says, whenever I buy a business, the first thing that I do is go, go in and basically work on the head trash or the mindset of the business owner. Yep. You know, so like I, one of the, I do like an intro thing for my, for my clients, it's a seven week course and it goes through everything, fundamental business finance, all this stuff. And I tell them at the end of it, like, that's it. That's it. Like there's no yeah. secrets. There, there's, there's no more here. The reason why you would continue to work with me is because I know that we've got to fix the mindset that you have, because you could just take all this and implement it tomorrow and you'll be fine. But you and I both know that if that were the case, you already would have done it, right? Like the second week I talk about price rises, you would have done it. How many did it? Zero. Because they need their mindset to be fixed. They need to recognize like all the things that we're starting to talk about. Um, A lot of it we talk about is just tactical. Like raising someone's prices, it's it's a the difference between one ninety nine and two ninety nine is literally saying the words, That's but right. the feeling that we have, the mindset that we have, the false beliefs that we come into it with, what our parents told us, what our uncle told us, what the guy down the street charges, all of that is this in their head trash, in their headspace, that that's the stuff that takes us time to sort of get through. And it's certainly, you know, we were fortunate, you know, I think people make fun of our profession. I run into some really intelligent people. It is not for a lack of intelligence. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think, uh, well, you know, I've dealt with so many humans in my life. I think people try to, they, they sort of titrate down to where where all the things sort of fit for them and then aspirations go away. So I, I, some people don't aspire. I I always thought, because just like you, when I first met chiropractors, they were all balling. It was the late nineties, you know, and it was, you know, you know, what's really sad is when you sit down with an attorney uh, and you're, you're networking and, and you're young, you like me and I had my little suit on and I was, (laughs) and they brought me to lunch, you know, I didn't bring them to lunch. So that was pretty good. Yeah, and they go, yeah. man, you should have been in this business like 10 or 15 years earlier. You guys were killing it. And yeah. then the other attorney's like, oh, man, I really thought I'd made the wrong career choice when all the chiropractors were rolling around in the nicest cars in town. And then they both start laughing. They go, no, we didn't make the bad choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long yeah. run. But I think people, so, so you meet people, you, you think about your class in chiropractic school. And where'd you go to school? Because that's what chiropractors well, are always supposed to ask each other. Where'd you go to school? Well, I, you were going to ask me this and I forgot to look it up. It, it used to be formerly known as the artist, formerly known as New York Chiropractic College. Gotcha. So you're all East Coast. You're called, just an East Coast baller anyways. You're hardcore. Yeah. New Jersey, New York. Yeah, I yeah, lived yeah. in Florida for a little while. but uh, So you're yeah. going to be a hustler anyways, regardless. It's like uh, in the blur. It, it, so, yeah. Well, I was just in California. New Jersey definitely is in California. I know that much. Well, let me tell you about the University of Western States in Portland, Oregon, where you'd be lucky if half the class was wearing shoes at any, any given time. In addition to being California, we spent two days in Seattle. So I, I, I get it a little bit. And, uh, you know, you're looking around the, at this class and you're like, there's no way in hell that person's ever going to make it. There's no way in hell that person 
is going to succeed. And then you look over at another person like that person's going to kill it in their career. And it was almost sometimes the complete opposite, almost, almost to a T a complete opposite between who killed it in their careers so far and who just didn't, didn't cut it. And so you can't even predict it. Some people just, they titrate down to comfort. They titrate down to, you know, you know, I'm in the upper five figures a year and there's nothing wrong with that. And I've got a nice practice and my patients appreciate me and I'm raising my two kids and we got a house early in the market and it's a modest house and we're doing fine and the bills are getting paid. I have no, that's awesome. If that's what you want, then you've got other people like I'm on my third practice. I'm killing it. I want a fourth practice. I need more associates. Um, I want a boat. I want five boats, whatever their thing is. Cool. That's fine too. Those aren't the people I think we need to pick bones about. I think we need to pick bones about the people who titrated themselves down, but they're not happy there. They never wanted to be there in the first place. And they just stopped. uh, They stopped fighting because of mindset, right? Because it isn't tactics. And, And you've coached enough people and I've coached enough people to know exactly what they do. When you walk in these situations, just tell me what to do. Right. Uh, tell me what to do in this situation. So what am I supposed to do? I need, I need more new patients. Tell me what to do. It's like, it's not a, like you said, you, you hand all that stuff out. You're like, this is all the stuff you do. This is chiropractic is not complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is like probably one of the more simplistic things, uh, professions that you could possibly be in. Here's all the stuff yeah. you do. You're still not going to do it. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is you have to actually, you still have to dream this thing where they talk about chiropractic philosophy, there's no real philosophy, but you still have to be a philosopher. Like you still have to look at the world and imagine new ways to talk about the world and think about the world. You have to be excited to speak with people about these ways. And then you've got to have structural, like a structural mission that you want to accomplish that it always aims higher. Right. And, and I'd say most people that are my age, you know, they're what, 15 years into their career, or whatever, they stopped that part, the aiming higher part. They've, right. they're like sediment. They hit a certain level and they're like, that's my level. I'm good. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that like once you sort of get through the initial high of being able to really help patients, which especially the rehab, I believe, like, again, it's, it's something that I firmly believe. I think it's the best way to practice. I mean, it's, oh, I'm a crackhead. I'm still getting high all the time, man. <laughs> that stuff's fun. <laughs> that's right. Well, you're, you went to Western States. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen, there's, I, I've been sitting back and thinking now we've got Dr. Ashton, who's about to have twins who moved up here from Florida, started his life here. We got Hannah, my marketing manager. She just bought a house and like new. And I'm thinking to myself, I get actually chills thinking about it. Like that's something that I started five years ago, where there are people that have been able to start a life. And here's Ashton. Everyone's going from New Jersey to Florida. He moves from Florida, New Jersey and settled in wife gets a job. And it's like, they came here because of this job. Yeah. You're feeding people. And, and, you know, and again, don't get me wrong. Like I've just provided the opportunity and they have a 100% taken advantage of it. Um, but the fact that it sort of started in, you know, a CrossFit gym with a table six years ago at $60 every half hour, not knowing what the hell was going on. And now it's turned into, you know, we got 10 people, we got three partners, we've got a bunch of clients and, and they look and see that they're a part of, of something now that's, that's bigger. Like that's where I get my dopamine hits from. And it's, it's, let me ask special. you this, because this is a piece that a lot of people are missing. Um, and I know, um, you know, my mentors at the beginning, they, they always ran against us too. And we had six offices. We would run into this all the time. 
when we'd hire associates or staff. And I hear it all the time from, from people in the Chiropractic Success Academy, and I hear it from people in the FTCA, and it's sort of like the, the, the owner is doing good. They've got a great mission. They've got everything lined up. They just hit a wall with associates or employees that they just can't seem to get them to visualize and then do what you've done with your team, which is uh, own it and work for it. Yeah. So what sort of things do you think you've incorporated or that you brought to the table that that's inspired people to work with you and to work for themselves while they're with you, if that's the way to frame it? Yeah, no, I mean, I think Ashton, he said to me, and I think he said to other people that have come and shadowed, he never feels like there's a ceiling, you know, and, and part of that is like me being that's, sort that's, of the entrepreneurial, that's everything, you know, but that sort of feeling like the, you know, me being sort of the entrepreneur, the other part too, is listen, in a, in a small practice, there's only so much that people can grow, like it yeah. pops out, you know, we started with strive to move. And now we, we, I opened a second practice, which Hannah, our marketing manager also does the marketing for that. She now helps me with my consulting. We now open a functional medicine business. She helps with that. And so there's significantly more opportunity because we've been able to create it with Ashton. I've been able to step back from treatment as some of these other things that happened. And I sat down a few months ago, I said, I literally wrote it out for him. Like, listen, like at this point in my career, I could go back and treat all the patients. I don't really want to do it. If you come to me and say, I want to grow this thing. And then I want to bring on an associate. Amazing. If you tell me I want to grow this thing, bring on two, I'm with you. If you tell me you want to grow this thing so you can step out and we'll go start another one, we can do that too. You just tell me what you want to do. Um, and so part of it, you know, I think is, is them not feeling like there is a ceiling because truly there isn't. And you know, it's interesting because this is always the profession, quote unquote, you eat or you're young. Um, I, I don't, it doesn't even logically make sense to me how that would happen. Like if Ashton comes in and wants to grow three practices and wants to do it with us, I would be an asshole not to be like, yes, let's do that. Like right. it's going to help me. Like if Hannah becomes a savant marketer, which she's becoming and learns Google ads and can help three or four other businesses, like that's helping me. So for me to not sort of promote that for them, you know, if they grow, you know, what is it? All tides, boats. I don't know what that quote is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all you know, all we boats, all, all tide, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. And so like my job is to continue to go and go to my own mastermind groups and get my own coaching. I'm going to another group on Wednesday. I have to elevate myself and let them sort of come up to play the same game with me where we all get stuck. So to speak, is that the owner reaches a ceiling financially, education wise, practice wise. And so everyone, they start growing and they're like, oh, I got nothing here. And then I'm out. That's it. You nailed it. That's exactly what happens. Um, or they ego thing, you know, uh, I'd okay. certainly, uh, my first, like my, my first associate opportunity, maybe it was my second one. Um, there was, I worked for a lady and she, she, it, that was it. The sky was the limit. There was that's the reason why I jumped into a second associate opportunity was there's a tremendous amount of potential. Uh, then one day I saw a patient that she liked, you know, that one of her favorite patients, but that patient really liked me a whole lot more than her. Yeah. And uh, that was the end of it. Those sort of things. Yeah. Um, and, where and again, the, that... the ego gets in the way and then the whole business, the whole business failed after that whole business collapsed, and... not, not business didn't go down business disappeared. Yeah. I mean, the, the way you talk about it, like we're like incredulously looking at each other, like, is that not the dumbest thing ever? But, but it happens. That's it ha what happens all the time. Happens all the time. And it's like, 
again, if I say, I tell people, if I have ego, quote unquote, tied up in anything, it's that growing something bigger than myself because yeah. I sort of started it. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. But like, it's hard, I guess. I, I think I was just fortunate that I never... I never felt that way. I never saw that. Like the best day of my life was when people don't want to see me. (laughs) I saw this lady, I saw this lady coming in the other day and she's like, hi, I'm Jan. I'm like, hi, I'm Justin. She's like, I'm a patient here. I was like, nice to meet you, Jan. I'm glad we've met. She's like, I'm just going to go tell the girls what I got for lunch next door. This is the best conversation I've ever had. I don't know who you are. You're introducing (laughs) yourself. You're really nice. And you seem to be really like us. So, you know, I'm, that's amazing. That's the difference. When I ask you, are you the best chiropractor in the whole world? You know, you're going to be like, uh, no, uh, no, probably. You're probably going to say, probably, you're probably going to say, no, I'm not the best chiropractor in the world, but I'm really damn good at my job. You know, and, and you can I ask think... some of these folks the same thing and they're, they want the answer to be yes. I want to right. be the best chiropractor. Who's the best chiro- Who's the best How dentist in the world? That? Like who's the best accountant in the world? It's like, just do your yeah. job. Yeah. Just do your job yeah. really good and you'll be rewarded. Yeah. How would you even like, uh, you know, my mentor always would say, if you asked everyone in their town, they're the best in their town. He's like, it's not statistically possible. Right. <laughs> and, and it's like, and, and again, it's like, I tell Ashton all the time. I'm like, listen, bro, like I've been doing it since 2012. You've been doing it for three years. If you're not quote unquote better than me very quickly, like we have a problem. You're doing yeah. this every single day. You've taken what I've taught you. You're learning more. Like if you're not better than me, then I screwed this thing up. Like you bet you have to be better than me, you know? Let, you so know, part, part of this, guy. part of the point where you get a good team member who produces really well and then aspires to be more and more is in the hiring process. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Starts with that and the onboarding and all that jazz. And then a lot of the Kairos who they, it's almost like an emergency hire. They, mm-hmm. they, they hit this sort of point, they hit their own personal ceiling. They're like, Oh my goodness, I need somebody in here to help me out. Everything's falling apart because I'm too stressed out and I need a vacation and we, we need to see more patients so that we can pay for the office manager and the credit card <laughs> processing fees. So let's just, let's hire someone. Then they get like only two resumes. They don't have, they don't have the diamond hands to hold on to those resumes and see if like four or five more good ones come in. And they're like, I'll take right. that second one. Yeah. They look good in a photo, you know? And then it's like, <clears throat> so then, and they don't have time to onboard them. They're just like, come on, come on. you like, you're a chiropractor. You got a license, you know what to do. And then it all falls flat on its face. Well, and they then, do onboard them. Their onboarding is you come in the room with and you watch for a week and then you start passing patients along and there you go, yeah. have fun. And then you wonder why in six months they're like, well, I could just do this by myself because they just did it by themselves and to figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that, that doesn't, that makes sense. Oh, you know, I figured we, this uh, thing out and I'm not yeah, really attached to any of this that's going on here. And um, I think I understand how this business goes. I'll just open up my own and then they can we, repeat the process. <laughs> well, and the cycle repeats. Co- a hundred percent. When we do our coaching calls with our, with our clients, like we talk about how we sort of present the, the plan to them. And like, here's what it looks like. We have three phases of care where, you know, we do the rehab and we do this, that, and the other. And I have Ashton do it. Cause he's the one in the room and he's like, dude, boom, 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 boom. And they like, look, and they're like in amazement. I tell my clients, I was like, don't for a second think he arrived this way. Right. Like we, and I actually like laughs now. I was like, 
how many days did we just do this over and over and over again? How you talk to a patient, how you get on the whiteboard, how you show them this, this, and this. I mean, it's been almost three years of every day over and over, like to the point of like we patients coming in, we don't know if we, we think we can help them or if they're going to want to work with us and we're writing down every possible thing they could say wrong. What objections yes. could they have plan for this, that, and the other, like, they don't just arrive that way. And that's what, and the same thing with Hannah, our marketing manager, where do you find her? You find her as a college graduate, and then you invest in someone for two or three years to get them to the point where you like them. They don't just magically appear. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about this conversation is <clears throat> we intended on having a conversation about the business of rehab. And yeah. I want everyone to note that we have not discussed rehabilitation at all. Like so the, whole, the whole point of this is you already understand exercises or whatever you want to call them. So take that little nugget that you already own, put it in your back pocket and let it go. The reason why you're not successful, if you're not successful, or the reason you're not as successful as you want to be is because you think that that little nugget's the thing that gets you to the finish line. It's right. having a good product and that's the product or the service, whatever you want to call it, it's super important, but it's not, it's not the rail that this train rides on. It right. rides on all this preparation, this advanced preparation of, what kind of team you're going to build, how you're going to deliver this process, how you're going to price it appropriately. And then what you're, what are you going to do when there's more demand for the rail? Right. You know, can you build another railroad? Right. Do you need yeah. more trains on the track? Or are you just going to cram everyone into one box car and hope it all works out good and just emergency hire a new conductor? <laughs> no, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on. And, you know, from a tactical standpoint, like we, have a specific process in which we call like connecting the dots for a patient on how this rehab will benefit them. Cause like Bobby, no one gives a shit about DNS three months, but if you teach them how it's going to make them deadlift more and connect the dots for them, that matters. Yeah. Other than that, like the people that we hire, we tell them, listen, being able to do that McKenzie DNS, like all of the things that we do, that's the prerequisite to get in the door. Yeah. Like that's the prerequisite that Everyone's just gets you in here. Right. Not maybe, maybe, maybe not, but like, mm -hmm. we're probably not going to be hire someone that doesn't sort of be in that, isn't in that world, isn't in that MPI world. You know, if I see MPI on someone's resume, if I see they played a sport, if I see DNS, like that, that wants to make me talk to them. It doesn't mean we're right. going to hire them. It's just a prerequisite. And right. then we got to figure out how to actually utilize it, how to sell it, quote unquote, how to put it into place, how to connect the dots for people. But then to your point before, and that's, a, you know, again, just kind of, giving a preview to the presentation, that's what it's about. You know, that is, we have to do all the other stuff so that we can go and do the things that we want, the rehab stuff, better totally. than almost everybody else. Which is the reward for all the other work. It's 100%. not the actual work. You know, here's a hot take. I think a lot of the people who are solo practitioners are such because they're unhirable as people themselves. You think you when you say that you mean like solo, like they're one man bands, or yeah, 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 company? yeah, like they they don't want anyone looking over their shoulder because if anyone looked over their shoulder, they wouldn't like what they saw, whether right. it was an employer or an employee. They're just ungovernable people that that they know they're ungovernable. They they know they're bad news, so they just rather hide in a corner. I'm laughing because <clears throat> I know quite a their few patients also my... fire them too all the time. Well, I know quite a few people in my life and the guilty will remain nameless that I always would say sort of under my breath and sometimes to them, you know, the best thing about you is that you work for yourself. 
And yeah. the worst thing about you is that you work for yourself because <laughs> nobody has any reign over you. You show up late. You don't do your patient notes. You never do marketing where you're supposed to. You sh- you don't, you go home too early, like no, and they're their own boss. So they can do it. And it's also the worst thing because they need some structure in their life, which, you know, yeah. a lot of my clients that are the solo practitioner, let's make no mistake. They're just looking for somebody to like, tell them what to do half the time. They're literally right. paying me to be like, no, no, you need to be here. You need to go and do this. You should go and do this. Think about this differently. You need to hire this person. Cause we all need that. I mean, I think Bobby, you were in the military, you played sports. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of structure that we all need and we all kind of want to go be entrepreneurs and business owners. So we have full freedom and it, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> None of us want that. We all want structure. Right. We all want leadership. And I think that's the other thing that potentially we built, you know, I've been open since 2015 and knock on wood, we've actually never lost an employee. And I think it's because people want leadership. They want to be led like, you know, they, yeah, they want to, they want to have autonomy, right. They want some freedom of choice, but we all want leadership. That's why I get out. I'm the leader, quote unquote, but I pay other people to lead me. Right. It's why you have CSA. People sign up for it. We all want that in our life. And to, to think that we're going to you know, leave and be able to come and go as we please and do all Nobody wants that. We said yeah. you want it. That CSA it. thing's funny too, because me and Kevin just use that to buy more uh, leadership for ourselves. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we just, we, we roll that into more education and more management and more strategic coach and more Dan Kennedy and more of everything we can get to just pass it keep passing it along that's right uh, that's it becomes right. a mission after a while that you want you want i want everybody to i don't i just want everybody to not sediment themselves it's like I, I think yeah. if you want to see zero patients or one patient a day if you're completely happy with all it i just want people to be happy i guess right um whether that's a reality like whether that's a realistic mission i don't know but whatever your definition of happy. I mean, that's the funny thing about chiropractic success Academy as a name. It's like, no one, everyone's got a different definition of success. Right. Just, I want people to be able to def- define what success is for them and right. then structure a goal or a way to go about reaching it. Right. Yeah. I think, I think I, I resonate a lot. when I read a lot of, a lot of your rants, which you're an amazing writer, which I think is a super, <laughs> a really good skill. But one of the things that I, that I resonate with that I try to bring along is I think you, my message, a lot of times when I read your stuff is like, I don't care what you do. I just want you to know all your options and what it looks like. Right. Like yeah. I think so many people, they just, they are going down this like rabbit hole and don't even know. And like, I tell my partners all the time, you know, you can do this, but here are the potential consequences. You right. can do this, but here are the potential consequences. Make whatever decision that you want, but like, I'm going to be the jerk to sort of tell you what could go right and and what could go wrong. Like the sort of the freedom once you understand, but like, um, you know, just an interesting sort of sidebar. My first business partner, Allison, is married to my second business partner, Vin. And when we started the thing, it gets a weird. guy from the East Coast people. named Vin, huh? Vinny, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> from Jersey? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes, he is from Jersey. Um, one of the first things I did as soon as I knew we were doing it, I brought the two of them for coffee. And I'm like, listen, this is about to get weird. Let's have a conversation about it before it does. And Allison's first thing, she was like, no, no, I think it'll be fine. And I was like, no, here's where I can go wrong. Here, 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 and here. Why don't we have those conversations before it actually happens? 
thoughts. Yeah. And, and again, I resonate. I think you do that a lot of times in your writing of like, listen, here's what this looks like. Here's what it is. Here are the facts. And people come, they look at you sometimes I know is like being harsh. It's like, no, no, no. He's just telling the truth that no yeah. one wants to talk about. Yeah. Most people know me in real life. No, I'm not harsh. And it's like, I'm not going to be at the wedding or the funeral, like giving you the the hard facts of life, you know, <laughs> there's just a little more opportunity when you have the written word in front of you. And yeah. uh, I, I think more of my theme is like, try to look at the world through more than just the chiropractic lens, like yeah. try to look at the world more than just from your, whatever you want to call it, privileged position of being a healthcare provider. Like look at, think about what other people are going through when they're talking to you and their experience. Like I, I mean, I walk down the street and I see people whether it's a homeless person or a rich person, I look, try to look in their eyes and say, what, what does life look like from your point of view? Like, what is this, yeah. what's going on here? And then I try to empathize on that level. And then, and it, you know, we, we, we are supposed to be the most empathetic, touching, caring profession there is. And sometimes I'm not buying it. Sometimes I'm not well, buying it at all. The word empathy. And again, you want to talk about as a healthcare practitioner, or you want to talk about being able to quote unquote, sell someone. It's all yeah. the same thing. You know, when we talk about doing our sort of consultation sales process, one of the things I teach that all my smart doctors is to get dumber, because yeah. if you get dumber, that's usually going to mean you're going to ask the one to two more questions that you wouldn't have asked because you just assume that you knew the answer. And typically yeah. what we always talk about when we're like trying to get someone's like internal why of why they want to work with us or why they left somewhere else and they're on the service, I always say we're like one question away. Or like one less assumption away. And to your point, it's like being, you know, passionately curious or whatever that term is for you. Um, being able to get to that level with someone where it's like, oh, my, my neck hurts. Why are you here? Well, uh, my neck hurts. And, you know, later you find out that their father was in a wheelchair at 55 and they remember him being hunched over and the mom had to take care of them. And even though they only have like a two out of 10 neck pain in their world, the fact that they even have a little bit of neck pain is like, they just are envisioning being their father, be my father their spouse is going to have to take care of them. And we being the evidence-based Cairo, look at the Voss score at a two out of 10, be like, get out of my office. And it's yeah. like, no, no, you don't understand. Like you're, you're not being to your point, empathetic enough to put the white paper away for a second and say like this person needs you this person needs you and you're selfish if you don't get there with that person you'd be shocked uh, you probably wouldn't be shocked of how many lifetime patients i have just from that one scenario <laughs> it's it you know that's it and, and and understanding pain i mean all this all this stuff is connected that's why it's always so fascinating i mean i i took a break from the podcast it, it just seemed like how much chiropractic shit can you talk you know like there's never going to be anything new to, to talk about and every time i come and talk to people like you who are brilliant who have their head in the game and they're trying to figure this thing out it's like there's always something amazing to talk about yeah. with you guys yeah. even though this thing's turned into uh, one big fucking commercial for whatever you're coaching <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about I, what you're doing tell me about if people want to work with you how do they reach out to you to get your advice because obviously some people are going to be sentimental towards the chiropractic success academy which isn't coaching it's mm. the it's almost the opposite it's yeah. it's like uh we have all the tools laid out right digitally right. and then we're like if you want to have accountability or whatever you need you're a grown-up let's talk about it in an open right. forum and then people right. show up or they don't 
But right. for you, it's there's guidance there. There's leadership and coaching. So what right. is what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, so a couple of things that we've done, but just to kind of, um, you know, cir- circle it all back. Like I, I started Shive to Move in 2015 and then had some other opportunities where we built two other businesses. One's a chiropractic and acupuncture practice. One's a functional medicine business. And then the consulting thing happened organically because like a lot of us, we get asked questions all the time. We're like, all right, yeah. let's sort of like, see if we can make this work. Um, And like, if you look me up online for consulting, it's not there yet. Like I'm a new, I'm a business owner, entrepreneur. We're just getting started. Um, So if someone wants to reach out, it's just drjustin at strive, the number two move.com. But I know this is live on Facebook. I don't want this going out, but a lot of the stuff that we talked about, so I was laughing. um, You mentioned how the business of rehab isn't about, we didn't talk anything about rehab. And so the presentation that I'm doing in the CSA Academy, what people will find out pretty quickly, hopefully I'm not giving too much away, is that, like, like I said, it's all of the other stuff that allows you to be able to do the business of rehab. And that's the stuff that we have to over-index on to make sure that we can practice the way that we want. Like how many of, uh, how many of the people that are in the FTCA go to every single seminar like I did, DNS, MPI? ART, like you name it, it's a three letter, you know, orgasm basically. And they get out and can't, they don't make any money and they can't, uh, and they don't know how to build a business. And, and so that's sort of the dots that I'm trying to connect. You know, if, if someone, if you go to the, if you do the seminar, I have a link in there where you can just, you know, reach out to me and I'll, and I'll email you back. And then also, you know, with you guys having the paid option, I'd like to say, Bobby, that the PDF I put together for it is actually, if I could say so myself, it's pretty darn good. Um, so if you do that $49 upgrade, you get that uh, as part of it. The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist, a step-by-step guide to the practice of your dreams. Yeah. So that's part of it. It's, it's <clears throat> I think it's about, it's, it's a, it's, I put some time into it. I honestly did. Um, so, you know, if someone wants to just reach out on Facebook, I'm in the FTCA, uh, they can message me on Facebook or drjustin at strive to move.com. And, you know, way our program works is basically, you know, I do a call with people to see if it's a good fit. Cause I don't think it is a good fit for everyone. And, you know, we have a weekly two hour mastermind call where we get our whole group, our whole cohort together. And we go through our sales process. We go through our marketing, we go through leadership, we go through hiring processes. Last week, I actually, I actually brought on a neuropsychologist and she ran the meeting for two hours and uh, yeah. talk about valuing yourself. I work with her privately. She charged me 800 bucks for that two hours and I'll <laughs> gladly pay, I'll gladly pay her. You know what? I'll gladly pay her. Good for her. You know what yeah. I mean? Good for yeah. her. So, um, you know, we'll do that. And, you know, next month I have Hannah, our marketing manager coming on to work with everyone through their 2022 marketing plan. So to really sit down and go through, you know, the fundamental step by step by step by step over and walk with you through the whole process. That's, that's sort of what we've done with the rehab chiropractor, really with those type of people that are just like us that are trying to figure out how to run this practice that it's like, all right, I know how I want to treat patients, but I don't know how to make a living doing it. Yeah. It was a huge problem. We identified um, four or five years ago was there's a lot of alphabet soup going on, but people didn't know how to actually apply it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the leaders have stepped up in that realm and said, well, we got to teach some application here. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an open space because again, like as the profession has evolved, I mean, again, I think you've talked about this, but I saw, the progressive chiropractor a couple of years ago was the one doing ART 
you know, like yep. the five, six patients an hour, but the new thing in the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten years is this rehab model, but nobody sort of has cracked the code on how to actually make it a successful business that you can support your family and you're not miserable. <clears throat> and so I kind of think, you know, every sort of new iteration creates a new problem. And my, again, I'm, I've only been doing it 10 years, so I'm not the chiropractic historian, but that's sort of, if I, if I had the problem, someone else has the problem. That's right. That's absolutely right. <clears throat> so that's uh, csamoneymatters.app.virtualsummits.com. It is November 20th through the 21st, 2021. Um, if you're in the Facebook group for the FTCA, there's a couple links to how to register for this. Um, it's free. It's free just like any other, any other seminar or whatever you go to, you know, like at, in the morning, there will be a session. And um, you can attend that session for free, but when the afternoon session starts, that one's out and you'll never see those things again unless you upgrade it. Now, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Um, and then, yeah, and then when, uh, when Saturday's over, Sunday will start and you don't get to see Saturday anymore. But if you want to upgrade, you get to keep those things and there's a bunch of bonuses. How does all this work? Each one of these folks uh, wants to show you that they're, they know what they're talking about. So they're going to come up and they're going to show you that they know what they're talking about. And um, hopefully uh, you, they gain your trust. That's, they're trying to gain your trust. So uh, you have gained my trust. You, you wrote a book a long time ago and you sent it to me. And I go, this guy's bright. He's bright. He's going somewhere. He's going yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Your marketing, Hannah, is amazing. She's definitely made you look like the top professional in this summit as far as the Kairos go. She's definitely put all your stuff together and coordinated it and made it all very smooth. So you got a good team going. One yeah. piece of advice for people, hire college athletes, D1 swimmer, state champ, team captain of her swim team. Yeah, absolutely. You that, know, my, uh, my wife's a trainer and her, the, the facility she trains at is, mo is mostly caters to mostly Adidas employees. And then they, they've got a couple Nike cup, people that come across the water to train as well, but their, their gym is right by the Adidas headquarters in Portland, Oregon. And I'd say Adidas probably hires exclusively division one athletes or college athletes that have yep. performed on some level. So if you can, I, it's a great thing to scoop up. When I interviewed her, she transferred colleges and then she told me within a year, they named her team captain. And I was like, all right, I don't know what you do, but you're, you're in. You're in. That's right. Um, this let's make a deal here. Let's, let's meet again. Let's have yeah. like a, let's, let's uh, coordinate something substantial that we can do in a podcast again and uh, deliver more value. I enjoy talking to you. Hey, I think about I, East I, coasters. Like I never lived on the East coast. I never did that. When, when I was in basic training, the, the big giant bay that everybody sleeps in was split in half. So there was one half on one side and one half on the other separated by a wall all the West coasters were on the one side and all the East coasters were on the other side. And I, I looked over there and like, those guys are a whole, that's a whole different world over there, a whole different way of looking at things, a whole different world of thinking. We were all chill on the West coast side, just like, yeah, whatever, you know, push-ups, running. Yes, yeah. sir. No, sir. You guys were losing your damn minds, but you know, you know, whatever duty those guys were called to handled their damn business. That's a hundred percent. You're right with that. And I went to college baseball, played baseball in North Jersey. And it was just like the fist pumper, everything, every stereotype was true. That's, I like but it. You're right. If there was a like fight, it. you knew you get, people had your back. I love it, man.
So I'm going to talk to you soon. Okay. And uh, right, look thanks, forward man. to your presentation. I have, I do not peek ahead to these presentations. Right. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing yours uh, this Saturday. I appreciate, I appreciate you, Bobby. Thank you. All right. Uh -huh. Absolutely. <laughs>